Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. It's time to find out how closely you've been paying attention this past year. Today is the second annual Native American Trivia Show. We'll quiz you on some of the major events from 2023. Buffy St. Marie, fires on the Hawaiian island of Maui, the end of Reservation Dogs. You never know what our expert panel of trivia question writers came up with. Even Leonardo DiCaprio might make it into this year's list. Get ready to call in with your answers right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Fentanyl is a powerful synthetic opioid, which is a major contributor to fatal and non-fatal overdoses in the United States, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. What makes it even more dangerous is its ability to camouflage as other drugs in a powdered form. The U.S. Senate Committee on Indian Affairs hosted hearings on the crisis in Indian country, which included perspectives from tribal leaders and federal officials, as KMBA's Hannah Bissett reports. In November, several senators on the Committee of Indian Affairs examined the impacts of fentanyl on Native communities. This hearing took testimony from Native peoples to address the growing crisis in a variety of ways, including the need for more federal support to tackle fentanyl use. Jamie Azure is the chairman of the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa in North Dakota. He spoke on the importance of the issue and the implications these conversations have on Native youth. This committee needs to remember that we took a vow to sit in the chairs that we sit in for that next generation. We as tribal leaders refuse to allow a generation to be lost. In a follow-up hearing in early December, the committee focused on federal perspectives on the growing crisis. Rosan So is the director of the Indian Health Service. She discussed the mortality rates within Native communities and the necessity of the increment of care for those who are addicted to fentanyl. I and my senior leadership and all of Indian Health Service recognize the importance of working side by side with tribes and tribal leaders to develop comprehensive plans for addressing the opioid crisis in Indian country. But we also recognize that each community plan includes strategies that work for each community. Senator Lisa Murkowski says the call for policy changes and resources in this crisis have been heard nationwide. In this hearing, she focuses on the vulnerability of rural Alaskan communities. Drug traffickers are targeting our Native communities. They know that these communities are more rural. They know that there is less law enforcement presence. And they also know that they can make more money off of our Native people. Tribal leaders and senators say this is only the beginning of the discussions on how to aid this crisis of fentanyl overdose in Native communities. I'm Hannah Bissett. The Indian Health Service is working to provide tens of thousands of children's books to Native families across the country. The Mountain West News Bureau's Caleb Radel has more. The federal agency gave a $200,000 grant to Reach Out and Read, a national nonprofit that integrates reading into pediatric care. The group will use the money to buy more than 30,000 children's books. They'll be handed out to Indigenous families during well-child visits at dozens of Indian Health Service clinics. That includes 11 in New Mexico, one in Colorado, and one in Wyoming. Marty Martinez is Reach Out and Read CEO. He says the books feature indigenous characters and are written in half a dozen different native languages. 
to give families a book for a two-year-old or a three-year-old that's related to their to their culture that ties in a, a native illustrator or author or a great story and, and celebrates that is so meaningful. And helpful to their development. The group says about one-third of young children and half of those living in poverty start kindergarten without the skills they need to do well in school. For National Native News, I'm Caleb Radel. The Coquel Tribe in Oregon announced Wednesday it will co-sponsor the first New Year's Eve sobriety powwow. Tribal leaders and event organizers say it's a family-friendly event that promotes a drug and alcohol-free alternative to celebrate the holiday. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. When you celebrate responsibly, you ensure holidays filled with joy, love, and cherished moments. And you keep yourself and loved ones safe while setting a positive example. Cheers to safe celebrations. Support by Diageo and the Multicultural Consortium for Responsible Drinking. More at drinkiq.com. Fry bread. That's the message. Support by Val's Fry Bread, providing her famous fry bread mixes and other products in wholesale and retail quantities at valsfrybread.com. Fry bread that will take you home, available wherever you live. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. A major challenge to the Indian Child Welfare Act, a blockbuster Hollywood film set on the Osage Nation, and environmental fights for dam removal and slowing climate change. Those are among the big discussions in 2023. Today, we're testing you, the listener, on what you remember about these and other issues that gained prominence this year. It's our second annual Native American Trivia Show. We'll be asking questions about law, politics, entertainment, and sports, and we're joined by guests who will help keep the conversation moving and provide context to some of the major highlights from this year. If you know the answer to a trivia question today, call us right away at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. We'll tell you if you answered correctly or not. If you're the first to answer correctly, you get a shot at winning one of three prizes. We'll talk about those prizes later. Again, the number to call, 1-800-996-2848. NAC producers are standing by. Our first guest is joining us from Ann Arbor, Michigan. You've heard his voice here many times on the show, Dr. Matthew Fletcher. He is a law professor at the University of Michigan Law School and author of the Turtle Talk blog. He's a member of the Grand Traverse Band of Ottawa and Chippewa Indians. Matthew, welcome back to NAC. Are you ready for Trivia Challenge today? I'm ready, Sean. Let's do it. All right. Another guest you've heard before on the show is joining us from California, Deb Kroll. She is an Indigenous Affairs reporter for the Arizona Republic, reporting on the intersection of climate, commerce, and culture. She's an enrolled member of the Hoklum Salinan tribe. Deb, welcome back to NAC, and I understand you're visiting your mom this week. Akish, yes, I am. I am reporting from Auxiliary 
world headquarters of the Kroll Media Empire, also known as my mom's house just outside of Fresno, about two and a half hours east of our ancestral homeland. So, Wonderful to have you, Deb. Thank you. And our third guest is in New York. You know him well, Vincent Schilling. He is editor and founder of NativeViewpoint.com, and he's also a certified Rotten Tomatoes critic. He is Aquasasni Mohawk. Hello, Vince. Welcome back to NAC to you as well. Hey, John Sago. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. I hope everyone had a happy holidays and looking forward to a great new year in 2024. I am too. Let's go over the rules here for our trivia show. The format is as follows. We have three prizes that will go to the first three people who answer two trivia questions correctly. Those who answer the first question correctly will then go on for a chance to answer the second question in our show. We'll take the contestants in the order they call in and answer correctly. If the first person who answered correctly gets the second question wrong, we go on to the second person who answered correctly and so forth. It's going to work, folks. Believe me, it's, it sounds a little more complicated than it is. Our producers have figured this out. It's going to be awesome. Our prizes for the first three callers who answer both questions correctly have been donated by Spirit Mountain Roasting Company, Dancing Butterfly Naturals, and the Toasted Sister Podcast. These are awesome prizes, folks. We're going to talk more about them. I'll describe them in more detail later. But let's go ahead and start our first question. I'm going to read it out loud here. So, folks, have those handsets ready. Be ready to call. This is the question. First person with the correct answer will get this question correct. <laughs> question, here we go. Who is the actress who portrays the real-life Osage citizen Molly Burkhart in the new Martin Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon. Here we go. Waiting for the call. 1-800-99-NATIVE. That's the number. 1-800-996-2848. If you know the answer, actress who portrays the real-life Osage citizen, Molly Burkhart. 1-800-996-2848. Give us a call. Again, one 800 Nine nine native. If you know the answer, and uh, Vince, while we're waiting for our first caller to to give us the correct answer, I mean, this was a big year for native actors, producers, filmmakers. We've talked a lot about Killers of the Flower Moon, and now that the dust has settled a little bit, I mean, what's what's the consensus on that film overall? Is two big thumbs up, or maybe one thumb up, well, one me, thumb down? Where are we at? Yeah, for me, it's two big thumbs up. I, I've loved the film since I saw it first off. Um, there, there's been uh, some modest backlash, you know, uh, uh, that was noticed by the press. You know, when Debbie Jacobs tweeted out that she thought, you know, it's kind of, kind of heavy in terms of some of the subject matter, you know, and murders and things like that, because it does take place in some pretty volatile times, 1920s Osage Reign of Terror, where a lot of Osage were murdered. And so a lot of the larger organizations picked it up that she thought it was a little intense. And uh, and it is intense. And then um, the actor who we just asked this question about came back out and said some wonderful things about, yes, this is very, very troubling, and make sure to protect yourselves, and please know this is coming out. So I think, I think this actor <laughs> who you've asked about has done a really <laughs> wonderful job of addressing all of this in a very, very responsible and loving way. You know, it's really wonderful to see. You know, it, it goes to show that, um, you know, 
she she is a caretaker to uh, the world of of uh, acting and media and things. And it's it just been a wonderful a wonderful year for for uh, native films and native actors and and so many wonderful wonderful things have happened this year. I, I can't even I, I never thought this year would come. I, how, Sean, did you ever think this year would come? That w- the <laughs> amount of stuff we've seen. I know Incredible. it was just such a prolific year and, and everything, right? Television, film, streaming. I mean, major studio stuff. It was just all across the board. Vince, we've got a call around the line with an answer to today's question. Our first question, Strider listening in Gila River, Arizona. Hello, Strider. Who is the actress who portrays Molly Burkhart in Killers of the Flower Moon? Lily Gladstone. Excellent. (laughs) Great job, Strider. Great job. You get to put in our waiting room for the second round to possibly win a prize. Good job. Yeah. Well, Vince, we can finally say the name out loud. Lily Gladstone. You think she's going to win the Oscar? I I do, actually. I do. You know, it's tough with Emma. You know, she did, looks like she's done a pretty good job, too. But boy, am I my fingers are crossed hard. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know I, yeah. I've, I've sent her a couple of messages on social media saying, "You can do it, Lily. <laughs> you can pull this you sound, off." You, you sound like Robert De Niro in the movie, bro. He's like kind of scary, <laughs> well, you know, sinister. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, all right. I Let's... have that intensity about. Me. There we go. All right, we've got another question, folks. So listeners, get your phones ready. Again, our number, 1-800-996-2848. That's the number to win a prize. Answer a question correctly. You get the the opportunity to win a prize. 1-800-996-2848. Here we go. Question. A new Barbie doll is named for what late tribal leader? I'll repeat that question. A new Barbie doll is named for what late tribal leader? 1-800-99-NATIVE. That's the number to call. That's the number to call. Okay. All right. Matthew, I want to ask you a question here. I know, um, you know, we saw a lot of action there with the Supreme Court and uh, the ruling to uphold ICWA in June. And just give us a little background while we're waiting for a caller. What, what, what is the front lines of that ongoing legal battle right now? Well, um, the front lines of that legal battle are that the case is over. Uh, but there are bits and pieces of it that remain. As you might recall from previous episodes, the case was brought by the state of Texas and um, originally a uh, – foster family named the Brackeens, and there were two other foster families that joined in. Those three cases are concluded as well as, the, as Texas's case, but the Brackeens chose to attempt to adopt um, a second Native child who was a sibling or half-sibling of the first child that was the subject of the Supreme Court case. So my understanding is that case is still pending in the Texas Supreme Court, um, which may be even even worse place for an Indian Child Welfare Act case to be than the United States Supreme Court. Interesting, interesting update. Matthew, I've got another question for you. Obviously, you're at the University of Michigan. Big year for Michigan football. Uh, They could win it all if things go their way here in just a few weeks. Uh, I've got a question for you. There was a Native American guy who played football 
for the Michigan Wolverines in the mid-1960s. He played under the legendary U of M coach Bump Elliott, and he was a native player. He passed away in February of this year at the age of 76. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't. I, don't. I vaguely remember that happening, but I don't remember his name. His name was Paul Johnson. Paul Johnson. Oh, my God. And he of course was, I know Paul right? Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he played I, for my, Bump My mother Elliott. told me that he had played for Michigan. I had forgotten all about that. Right, right. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we've got a an answer for the Barbie doll question. I'm going to go to Gary, who is listening on KUNM in Española, New Mexico. Gary, new Barbie doll, named after what late tribal leader? Named after our leader of the Western Cherokee, of which I'm a member of, Wilma Mankiller. Awesome job. Awesome job there, Gary. Wonderful. We're going to have to take a break here in, in just a short moment. But, Deb, I want to ask you really quickly, do you have your Wilma Mankiller Barbie doll? <laughs> I do not, but I've shared the, the uh, picture from your email, from Native American Calling email with many of my friends since uh, I'm enrolled in the Western Cherokee. I'm, All right. I, I was born and raised in Oklahoma. Awesome. Well, Gary, congratulations on advancing to the second round of our Native American trivia show today. Folks, have your phones ready. We've got more trivia questions after this break. At least four Native chefs published new cookbooks this year, all with their own take on new and traditional ingredients and methods. We also saw progress protecting at least two major traditional food sources. We'll look back on the progress to strengthen food sovereignty on the menu, our regular feature on Native America Calling. It's the holiday and everyone looks forward to friends and family and sharing in the joy of the season. So remember to celebrate responsibly. The holidays often include enjoying a drink or two, so it's crucial to remember moderation is vital. Here's a tip to help you celebrate responsibly. Set a limit. Decide in advance how many drinks you'll have and stick to it. You can also alternate alcoholic beverages with water or other non-alcoholic options. Happy holidays. Support by Diageo and the Multicultural Consortium for Responsible Drinking. More at drinkiq.com. Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. We're continuing our Native Trivia Show of 2023, where we test listeners' knowledge on major events from this year. If you think you have a correct answer to a question, call us at 1-800-996-2848. Be ready to call in quickly to win your shot at a prize. Remember, early bird catches the worm. Our number again, 1-800-996-2848. We're giving away prizes donated by three Native-owned businesses. Call in quickly with a correct answer, and our screeners will determine if you get to come on the air. And I'm just going to give some information here on the first prize that we will be awarding today. It is a choke cherry jam soap and yucca herb shampoo gift basket along with conditioner from Dancing Butterfly Naturals. Dancing Butterfly Naturals is a small personal care products company owned and operated by Adelina Lucero, who is Taos. 
Pueblo. Ingredients for these products are traditionally hand harvested from the land in mountains of Taos, New Mexico. So that is our first prize on our show today. Answer this next question correctly, and you might win that gift box from Dancing Butterfly Naturals. Here we go. Phone number. Ready to call, 1-800-996-2848. Earlier we heard Matthew Fletcher talking about the Brackeen versus Holland case. Here's the cue. Name one of seven U.S. Supreme Court justices who voted to uphold the Indian Child Welfare Act in the case Brackeen versus Holland in June. 1-800-99-NATIVE. If you know the answer, just one of Seven U.S. Supreme Court justices who voted to uphold the Indian Child Welfare Act in the case Brackeen v. Holland in June. Okay. All right. Matthew, what do you think? Tough question or is that an easy one? <laughs> well, it's easy for me, but most people don't know any of the names of Supreme Court justices. So, I'll Well, let's do this. Let's talk, let's talk about the dissenters. Maybe that can provide a little bit of a clue, and at least we can mention some names. What do you sure. know about the dissenters? Well, one of the dissenters was a guy named Clarence Thomas, who's probably the most famous Supreme Court justice, but I would say infamous because when he got on the court, he was accused by Anita Hill of sexual harassment, and you know he somehow survived the nomination process, but everybody knew who Clarence Thomas was after that and a bunch of gross things about him. And this year, he's gotten the news again because it turns out that Supreme Court justices don't make much money, and he put out a call to the conservative political establishment with a lot of money, and they started buying him things 10, 20 years ago. And so, you know, every few months he gets a big trip and big presents, and basically they've just been buying his vote for the past 15, 20 years. Uh, interesting. I remember that Anita Hill case. That was back during, uh, was that early 90s? It was like right before Clinton got elected, wasn't it? Yeah, he was a appointee of the first President Bush. That's right. Okay, we've got a caller who has an answer ready for this question. It's Pauletta, who is listening in Pine Ridge, South Dakota on Keeley Radio. <laughs> Hello, Pauletta. Name one of seven Hi. U.S. Supreme Court justices who voted to uphold ICWA. Brett Kavanaugh. There we go, Mr. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh. Wow. All right. And Matthew, Brett Kavanaugh, he's another one of these justices that has kind of a shady history there. Yeah, he sure does. He also survived a uh, uh, challenge to his nomination a few years back when he was accused of uh, sexual harassment as a younger man. And uh, yeah, he, he definitely is a surprise for uh, voting in favor of the Indian Child Welfare Act, but he also wrote what we call a concurring opinion in which he basically said, if uh, anybody can think up a reason to strike this, permit the statute down on another ground that we they didn't cover in the case this year, then uh, he'd be willing to hear that one. So we can fully expect challenges on, on the basis that he requested over the next several years. And by the way, that basis is what we call equal protection, um, which prohibits race discrimination in federal law. Thank you for that info there, Ma Matthew. Extra details. 
Let's congratulate Pauletta from Pine Ridge. She has advanced to the second round of our Native American trivia show. And we have our next question here ready to go. Again, phone number to call 1-800-996-2848. That'll give you a prize, get you a possibility of winning a prize. Here's the question. Singer Buffy St. Marie was adopted by citizens of what First Nation in Canada? What First Nation in Canada? Buffy St. Marie. 1-800-996-2848. 1-800-996-2848. Okay. All right. I'm going to go on to these prize questions now. Prize questions. All right. Strider, here you go. I've got you on the line. Strider is in Gila River, Arizona. And Strider, if you answer this question correctly, you will win a prize. Here we go, Strider. Kevin Stitt is the governor of what state? Strider, Oklahoma. what do you think? Oklahoma. There you go. Yeah. Chick winner, winner, chicken dinner for Strider there. Yes, Kevin Stitt, enrolled member of Cherokee Nation and governor of the state of Oklahoma. Great job there. Great job, Strider. And you win the choke cherry jam soap and the yucca herb shampoo and conditioner for dancing butterfly naturals. All right. Wonderful, wonderful. We have awarded our first prize on the show today. And we've still got questions out there. We're still waiting for callers. All right. Uh, looks like we might have a, an answer for the Buffy St. Marie question. And we're just waiting on that screener to come through there for the Buffy St. Marie. And Deb, uh, I want to ask you, what was your take on the whole Buffy St. Marie issue there earlier this year? Oh my gosh, it was it was shocking. Um you know, you, you know that there are people out there who for whatever reason pretend to be native, but I honestly never thought it would be Buffy. Um it the the evidence doesn't look good. Um a lot of us were talking about this on social media that um she probably could have solved it with a DNA test, but we all know what DNA does. But, you know, I think in this case it would have been justified. But, you know, she's 80-some years old. I think let's, let's let her retire and let's go after some of the other ringers out there. Thank you, Deb. We've got a, a caller here with regard to the Buffy St. Marie question. Darren, who is listening in the state of Minnesota on KBFT Radio. Hello, Darren. Buffy St. Marie, adopted by citizens of what First Nation in Canada? Please tell us. Yeah, it was a Piapot Trees. I think we'll it's take it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Piapot Cree, First Nation in Saskatchewan. Good job. Good job, Darren. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, next question here. The Vatican renounced what 550-year-old philosophical and legal framework this year? That's our question, 1-800-99-NATIVE, to get a chance at winning a prize. The Vatican renounced what 550-year-old philosophical and legal framework this year? If you know the answer, give us a call, one 800 
999 native. We're waiting for your call. 1-800-99-NATIVE. The Vatican renounced what 550-year-old philosophical and legal framework this year? Uh, Deb, I want to go back to you while we're waiting for another caller. Um, you report primarily in Arizona and the Western states. And one of the big issues this year that got a lot of attention was the ongoing drought. And of course, some of these water rights cases. And, and what have you seen tribes do this year as a response to that lack of water? A lot of the tribes, particularly here in Arizona, are are stepping forward to do water conservation, um, you know, leaving water in, I don't know how many of you people know about, you know, how, how the water works, how the Colorado River system works. There's two major reservoirs, and one of them is Lake Mead. And tribes here in Arizona and now, um, the Quetzon tribe, which is, you know, Arizona and California straddles the river. They've all agreed to leave parts of their of their very senior water allocations, I must add, in Lake Mead to help forestall further cuts. And then Gila River Indian Community, High Strider, Gila River Indian Community has has taken the step of starting to build solar panels to shade their canals. You know, we all know the canals are are millennia old. That's that's one of their their um, big achievements as as a as a culture and a civilization. And now they're taking the steps of they're going to not only keep water from evaporating, but they're going to generate you know clean clean electric power to run their irrigation systems. And Governor Lewis told me eventually to help power some of the communities. Interesting, interesting. Deb, you also covered the Klamath River and that dam removal project, the restoration. What's the update there? How long, how far along are they on that demolition progress? The first dam, Kofor Dam, Kofor 2, is totally down. Next month, they're going to be doing some demolitions to take uh, one of the bigger ones down. I believe it's Iron Gate. The, the fourth dam is slated for final removal somewhere end of 2024, beginning of 2025. Um, and one of the really cool things is that is that now that Kofor 2 is down, you can start to see some, some of the original um, riverbed and some of the original river flow of the Klamath River returning, which is very exciting. Um, and of course, we're waiting to see what happens with Shasta Indian Nation's request to get um, some of the lands that were drowned underneath the, the reservoirs returned to them. Um, they they had land, and it was taken from them by eminent domain, which is why they got left out of the Indian Reorganization Act. But now they have a chance to get about 2,000 acres re recovered. So not only are, are is this going to bode well for the salmon, steelhead, lamprey, and other fish, but it's also you know reviving tribal communities. Yeah, it sounds really, really exciting. And just the fact that now some of this terrain that hasn't been seen in centuries or many decades is now being exposed again. So that's just fascinating. We're going to go ahead and, and read off another question here for listeners. Our number to call 1-800-99-NATIVE for your chance to win a prize. Here's the question. The Haudenosaunee Confederacy has the backing of President Biden to compete under their own flag at the 2028 Olympics. What is that sport? 
The Haudenosaunee Confederacy has the backing of President Biden to compete under their own flag at the 2028 Olympics for what sport? If you know the answer, give us a call, 1-800-99-NATIVE, 1-800-99-NATIVE. And while we're waiting for that next caller, we have another caller on the line, Stephanie. Stephanie has an answer for our Vatican question that was posed just a few minutes ago. Stephanie's listening in Durango, Colorado on KSUT Radio. Hello, Stephanie. The Vatican renounced what 550-year-old philosophical and legal framework this year? Um, first off, I'm actually listening online to KUNM. Is how I listen to Native America Calling. <laughs> and awesome. I'm talking about the answer to the doctrine of discovery. Great job, Stephanie. Great job. The doctrine of discovery. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Awesome. Matthew, doctrine of discovery. You know, some people say, you know, it's this... Uh, it's such a pivotal issue that uh, the Vatican renounced. Other people were like, well, yeah, but there's so much more they got to do to really make amends. What's your thought on that? How significant was the renunciation of the Doctrine of Discovery? Well, I don't know. I, I think maybe it had something to do with whether you're a member of the Catholic Church or not. But for me, as a, a, a lawyer and law professor, it doesn't mean a whole lot. It doesn't mean anything as a matter of law, because we don't get our law from the Church. But it was the theory that justified, you know, the dispossession of Native people from, from their lands here in the United States and in other settler colonial nations and treating us as inhuman, uh, subhuman, who were not capable of owning land in the same way as uh, white people. So it's, it was, it's good to see that uh, it's been finally rejected as a, um, as a, as a thing, as a symbol. But uh, really what matters now, I think, is land back. And uh, if this is the uh, part of the, you know, the pathway towards restoring indigenous lands to their to our to our people, then then it's a good thing. All right, thank you, Matthew. Let's go ahead and ask another question here. This is an interesting one. Uh, if you were paying attention to uh, some of the proceedings there in Washington D.C., you might have an answer for this question. The phone number 1-800-99-NATIVE if you know the answer. Question, what Native American U.S. senator appeared to challenge a union president to a fist fight during a Senate committee hearing? Give us a call if you know the answer to that question. 1-800-99-NATIVE, what Native American U.S. senator appeared to challenge a union president to a fist fight during a Senate committee hearing? Vince, uh, without giving any names, what was your thought on that? Bernie Sanders had to come in and break it up. <laughs> you know, I just the antics of politics has just got, it, guys, it, it's just going off the rails. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, we, <laughs> at some point, is anyone? I, I, the question I have is anyone, and I mean, is anyone gonna say, "Hey, you know what? We're politicians. Maybe we should chill out a little bit." You know, I, I just. I, you know, it's just, it's just nuts. Honestly, The antics have gotten so out of control. I really don't even know what to even do. It, it's, it's literally just kind of like, sometimes you just watch from afar and just kind of raise your hands in the air and go, okay, well, <laughs> someone's got to vote for him, I guess. <laughs> it's just I'll too much you. for me. 
I'll tell you. Well, we're still waiting on a, on a caller to answer that question, but we do have a caller with an answer for the question about the 2028 Olympics. Randy, who is listening on Keeley Radio in Martin, South Dakota. Hello, Randy. The Haudenosaunee Confederacy has the backing of President Biden to compete under their own flag at the 2028 Olympics. For what sport, Randy? Oh, I had some friends that play this quite a bit. That would be lacrosse. Yeah, there we go. It is lacrosse. It is lacrosse. All right, Randy, congratulations. And also, all of our preliminary winners, if you have answered one question correctly, please hang on the line to compete for the prize. You'll get a second opportunity to compete for a prize. We've got more questions and more trivia and more conversation with our guests on the other side of this break. Stay with us. Support by Archaeology Southwest. Did you know almost all major archaeological sites in the Southwest have been looted or vandalized? Looting and vandalism impact indigenous people, past, present, and future. Every day, countless Native American cultural items are lost or damaged forever through looting and vandalism. Federal and tribal laws protect archaeological resources. More information about ending archaeological resource crime and how to submit a tip at savehistory.org and on social media at Save History. You're listening to Native America Calling, and there is still time to compete in this year's trivia show. If you think you have a correct answer, call us at 1-800-996-2848. We've got a caller on the line now with our next trivia question answer, Teresa, who is listening online in Oklahoma. Teresa, hello. What Native American U.S. senator appeared to challenge a union boss to a fist fight during a Senate committee hearing? Well, I kind of feel like it's an insult to call him a Native American, but it's Mark Wayne Mullen. Senator Mark Wayne Mullen from the state of Oklahoma. Absolutely. Teresa, please stay on the line. Stay on the line for your opportunity to win one of our prizes here. One of our prizes. Let's go ahead and talk about this next prize that we are going to uh, somebody's going to have a chance here in just a second. This is a uh, coffee from the Spirit Mountain Roasting Company. Spirit Mountain Roasting Company is a native-owned and operated coffee, comp coffee company in California. The name of the company refers to Aviqua May, also called Spirit Mountain, and they're donating two 12-ounce organic bags of coffee, one Peruvian and one Colombian. Spirit Mountain is also an underwriter for our show, Native America Calling. And for this question, we are going to go to Gary. Gary, here we go. Gary, what tribe does Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland belong to? What tribe? I, I put in my hearing aids, but could you repeat that? I heard you mention Deb Holland, our Secretary yes. of the Interior. What tribal nation, what tribe does Secretary of oh, Interior uh, Deb Holland belong to? I believe she's from Laguna Pueblo. She is. Yeah. Laguna Pueblo. Laguna Pueblo. Hey, Gary, I'll tell you what. How about for bonus points? Can you tell me what village at Laguna Deb Holland is from? Ooh. What village? Ooh. Uh, I'd have to guess. 
or make it up. So I think I might leave that bonus question for somebody <laughs> smarter than me. No worries. You won. Hey, you won your coffee from Spirit Mountain Roasting. Deb, how about you? Do you know what village Deb Holland is from at Laguna? No, I don't. I wish I did. The only thing that I know for sure is that she's also related to my friend, Akuma sculptor Cliff Brawlis. Oh, yeah, because she's got Hamas blood in her. She's from Mesita, yes. the village of Mesita yes. at Laguna Pueblo. Okay, okay cool. let's move hey, along here. New today. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, another question. What ABC drama set in an Anchorage newsroom was canceled after one season? Hint, this show starred Irene Bedard, Grace Dove, and Hilary Swank. Call us if you know the answer, 1-800-99-NATIVE. What ABC drama set in an Anchorage newsroom was canceled after one season? If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-99-NATIVE. Vince, what were some of your favorite shows this year? I know you loved Reservation Dogs. Uh... Oh, gosh. There were so many great things. You know, Alaska Daily is it's, it's sad it didn't continue. I would have liked to have seen it continue a little bit more. Uh, but... Gosh, there's so many dark winds. Don McLaren was awesome. Uh, Peter Pan and Wendy was was a great film with Alyssa Wapanatak playing, you know, playing the part in there of of Tiger Lily. Uh, Fry Bread Facing Me by Billy Luther was a really wonderful thing. Uh, Spirit Rangers got Joey Clift a uh, you know a, an Emmy nomination, so you know that's congratulations. Reservation Dogs awesome, um, and something that just came out. Uh, just like this week is uh, What If, uh, episode six uh, in season two, which is about the, uh, you know, essentially a Mohawk village um, where, uh, you know, Deborah Jacobs plays Kahori. And it's pretty awesome. It's, it's kind of like a, a what if. I, I won't get too into it, but it, it's pretty neat. Pretty neat, actually. Pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really exciting. Um, let's go ahead. I'm just going to ask another question here, uh, for listeners. Here's another question. This will give you an opportunity to compete for a prize question. The longtime host of the Price is Right television game show, Bob Barker. He passed away this year at the age of 99. Bob Barker had family roots in what native community in South Dakota? Do you know the answer to that? What native community in South Dakota Bob Barker had roots to? Our number to call is 1-800-996-2848. 1-800-996-2848. And we're also still waiting for a caller for an answer for what ABC drama, the name of what ABC drama set in an Anchorage newsroom that was canceled after one season. So for, if you have the answer to either of those questions, give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. Matthew, did you know Bob Barker was from South Dakota? No idea. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say what community it is, but I do have a friend who's from that community, and her mom went to school with Bob Barker, and she said he was like a little bit of a tough guy when he was like a teenager, and he used to kind of you know, go around and scrap around on the res a little bit. Who would have thought? Well, that's pretty cool. You know what that reminds me is uh, James Earl Jones was from Manistee, Michigan, and went to school with a bunch of Odawa Indians when he was a kid. Really? Back in the 50s, James. I think, yeah. Wow. And he's another famous U of M alumni, James Earl Jones. 
Sure is. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're waiting for callers here. If you know the answer, what native community in South Dakota does Bob Barker or did Bob Barker had family roots in? Also, the ABC drama set in Anchorage in an Anchorage newsroom that was canceled. Do you know the name? Give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. 1-800-996-2848. I'm going to go ahead and ask another question here. We need, so we need some answers here. Here we go. Here's the question. Native America Calling was the first Native organization to win a National Humanities Medal in March of 2023. What Native American scholar also won the medal at the same time? If you know the answer, what Native American scholar also won a National Humanities Medal, give us a call, 1-800-99-NATIVE. And we've got an answer to the Bob Barker question. It is Steve, who's listening on Keeley Radio in Pine Ridge, South Dakota. Hello, Steve. What Native community did Bob Barker have roots to in South Dakota? Uh, Rosebud Sioux Tribe. Absolutely, yeah. Rosebud Sioux. Rosebud Sioux. Please, please, Steve, congratulations and stay on the line for your opportunity to possibly win our third prize, our third prize. And we're still waiting for an answer for the ABC drama that was set in an Anchorage newsroom. Also, we are waiting for an answer with the name of what Native American scholar also won the National Humanities Medal along with Native America Calling. Yeah, we won that medal too. It was pretty awesome. All right, so we are waiting waiting for answers here on Native America Calling. And with that, I'm going to give some information on what the third prize is going to be for our final prize giveaway here on the show. This is a lino cut mother corn print by none other than Native America Calling producer Andy Murphy. As many of you know, Andy is our resident foodie. She's a producer here at the show. She also hosts the show The Menu, and she's the, she's the creator of the Toasted Sister podcast, and she's an artist. Much of her artwork focuses on indigenous food. This black and white 8x10 print pays homage to nurturing and sacred nature of corn. That's going to be our third prize, courtesy of Andy Murphy. We've got an answer for the ABC drama question. Celeste, who is listening in Raymond, New Mexico on KUNM. Hello, Celeste. What is the name of the ABC drama set in an Anchorage newsroom? It was canceled, unfortunately, this year. Is it Alaska Daily? Yeah, yeah, Alaska Daily. Alaska Daily, good job. Awesome, awesome. Deb, did you watch Alaska Daily at all this, this past year? Were you into any of these shows that we're talking about today? I, I watched the first couple of episodes of Alaska Daily, and the story was really good. Um, being, you know, living in a newsroom like I do, the newsroom stuff was a little bit off, but the story was so good, you didn't really care at the end. So, and yeah, they, they should have kept that one going. Of course, I think they should have kept uh, Rutherford Falls going too, but you know, you can't have everything. Vince, it just seemed like, I mean, it was such a great year for Native television, but there were some axes to fall. And I, did that strike in, in just some of the issues there with the, with the production companies? Did that have some have a role in, in how some of these shows just didn't get renewed this year? Yeah, it's, it's all about the numbers, you know, um, and it's all about who watches and how often and how many views. And, 
And right now is a tough time for streamers. And so something that might have continued in the past, they are making such strict cuts. Like if it's not up, up, up there in terms of numbers, they're, they're just, they're getting rid of them, you know. And so one way to look at it is go, gosh, darn, you know, it, it stinks that the show was canceled. But if you look at it in one other perspective is there is a lot of content out there. And in order to put on a show, you have to take a risk. You know, so people are taking risks, producers are taking risks, and there's okay projects that involve native actors, actresses, producers, writers, and it's an exciting time. So, you know, although it's a disappointment, I, I understand, you know, and, and things are tight because the streaming wars is a is a new thing. It's just been going for a couple of years. So quick quick note, my mom was on prices right, met Bob Barker and won a car. Like school was so <laughs> excited they brought in and we watched the episode during school. <laughs> What kind, of, what kind of car was it, Vince? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. This is, a, this is literally like 1979. I mean, way back. It's probably like a, who knows, Ford Escalade. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. All right. We are going to go ahead and award now our final prize. And this is Andy Murphy's Mother Corn Print. And this is the con- these are our contestants for for the final in order. The first uh, the first uh, Pauletta will have the first opportunity to answer this question. If she can't answer it, we'll go to Darren. If uh, Darren can't answer it, we'll go to Stephanie. Okay, so Pauletta, get ready here. Here is your question to win a prize. Members of what North Carolina tribe voted this year to legalize recreational marijuana? Columbia. I'm sorry, oh. Pauletta. Oh. That's incorrect. Here we go to Darren now. Darren, members of what North Carolina tribe voted to legalize recreational marijuana? Uh, that was the, the Cherokee, the eastern band of Cherokee Indians, I believe. <laughs> Darren, yes, that was an excellent answer there, and I'm glad that you clarified it was the Eastern Band. So we got to make sure we get those answers just correct, just like on Jeopardy. You got to get the question exactly right. You win the Lino Cut Mother Corn by Andy Murphy, and with that, uh, I want to thank everybody for playing our show today. All of the questions, uh, as well as our guests who joined us to talk about some of these trivia issues and events. And uh, we've awarded three prizes, three prizes. So for those of you that got on the phone and uh, won those prizes, congratulations to you. And uh, 2024 is just around the corner. Matthew, what are you most excited about for the new year? Um, I'm going to go to the Rose Bowl game with my family and hopefully have a good time. Rose Bowl game. And what's the date on that game this year? Uh, January 1st, New Year's Day. January 1st, New Year's Day. Michigan. Michigan Wolverines could win it all. National championship could be a big, big year for the Wolverines in Ann Arbor. Deb, how about you? Any New Year's resolutions? Um, Walk more, drink more water, and get out there and, and keep making sure that I'm doing what I need to do so that the non-Indians know what we're up to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And Vince, how about you? What are you planning for 2024? Uh, the first thing I'm planning is to watch the Spotlight series Echo with <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. I'm so excited about it, I can't take it. I, I've, I've already seen a couple, but I can't talk about it. <laughs> 
I can't either. Yeah, the gag order. I can't either. So you saw, we actually... okay, okay, yeah, then we, okay, we can share a silent, awesome hands up, you know, like a high five in the air. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yep. absolutely. Uh, it's been a heck of a year. Deb, what did you like most about 2020? And for you overall, was it a good year, a so-so year, a bad year? What's your thought on 2023 as we wind it down? Oh, I, you know, we, we did a lot of cool stuff. Um, you know, the, 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 it's like Vince says, the rise of needy people in the entertainment industry is really cool to watch. Um, we've got more native people, you know, getting into these, these big awards like the genius awards, the Pulitzers, the, um, it, it, it's, it's just, it's just a really exciting time to be native. Absolutely. Matthew, how about you? What are you going to be paying attention to with regard to Indian law in the new year? Um, well, hopefully nothing. You know, that's the thing about Indian laws. You don't want anything to happen in the courts. But I think we got some cases that are percolating below that have to do with Indian gaming out of Washington State and Florida. Um, got possible uh, Indian child welfare cases coming up. And there's always going to be water rights and treaty rights cases always following those. And so um, I don't really have anything off the top of my head that is uh, really critically important. So we'll see. Any, any, any thoughts on the upcoming presidential election? I'm going to go live in a cave. <laughs> Vince, how about you? 2024 presidential uh, election. I could care less. <laughs> No, I shouldn't say that. I, you know, I, I just, I, I really, I think, I think really what I would like to see most of all is, and my wife, Dolores, and I've said this a lot, is I really would like politicians to go back to honoring what their constituents want, you know, as opposed to self-interests, let's go for, con, con, you know, the interests of, of those who voted us in type of thing, you know, but for most of all, I, I really, it's a year as things go by, it's about family and friends, and you know, really in, enjoying, you know, what we're what we're doing these days. And you know, right. I have to say, at the end of the year, you're doing wonderful, wonderful stuff, Sean. Please keep it up. You know, you're a really wonderful voice in Indian country. Well, thank you so much, uh, Vince, for that warm compliment and uh, i know our crew really appreciates uh compliments like that so big thanks to vince Schilling, matthew fletcher deb kroll also our prize donations by spirit mountain roasting company dancing butterfly naturals and andy murphy from the toasted sister podcast we hope you stay informed with us on native issues and topics in 2024 Join us again tomorrow for a look back on the year from a food sovereignty standpoint with host Andy Murphy. Until then, enjoy the final days of 2023, and we'll talk again soon. Support by the Intertribal Agriculture Council. Have you or someone you know experienced discrimination in USDA lending programs before January 1st, 2021? The USDA Discrimination Financial Assistance Program, DFAP, is a limited one-time program to provide financial support to ranchers, farmers, and forest landowners discriminated against by USDA lending programs. Interested producers must apply by January 13th. More info and application assistance at IndianAg.org. A hun kikadan, a yan wat kutsu, katusitzin, 
as to GTN Kati coverage. Healthcare.gov forward slash coverage. Kati Lkain. Kachu 1 800 Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.